Hey, it's Beth here, episode 386. Okay, today is Newshound Day, brand new. I'm going to be picking things out of the paper, mostly on Sunday, but all week long, stuff you need to know. Okay, so first one, very important stuff, Paulina Porskova, okay? She wrote a book, I'm just gonna tell you the highlights. She was, um, her parents were doctors, she got stuck in Czechoslovakia with her grandmother when they went to um, Norway to to save their lives and have fun. Finally, they come for her when she's like nine or ten. It becomes a huge international story. And she leaves her beloved grandmother to go live with parents who had no time for her. Okay, that's the first sad thing that happened. The second that sad thing that happened was she was gorgeous. And she was a model. And at 19, she meets she meets Rick Okasek from the Cars um, with that wonderful song, um, Drive Me Home. Anyway, he's 42. So they get married. It's his third marriage. And she has two boys with him. She grows up a little bit in the marriage and wants to change some things because when she talks, he doesn't listen to her because he thinks she's stupid, okay? She was 19. He was 42. Do the math. Come on. And so he cuts her off, like emotionally, physically, everything. I'm not saying it's good, but she kind of wanted to separate from him. And um, they were just separated, living in the same house. And she did get a boyfriend, okay, uh, during the separation period. Rick um, cut her out of the will, including his two oldest sons. And she found him because they lived in the same house and she was taking care of him when he was sick. And um, so she finds him one day, and then the next day she finds out that she was cut out of the will. And he said he only had $5 million altogether, which wasn't true. He was doing it for tax reasons because the, the townhouse they lived in in New York was worth much more than 10 million, and she had to sell it like a fire sale to get that kind of money. Okay, all that goes on. And she says, the bad thing is, when you're famous, you're eventually demoted. That happened to her. She got a little bit famous for crying without makeup on, on a YouTube or something. Anyway, she wrote a book. She, the state of New York, gave her a third of the money that he had. So she doesn't talk about that. Uh, that's kind of getting even, and that kind of is part of the reason she's okay now. She should put that in the book. She should talk about it. But anyway, so that's interesting. Okay, and she is gorgeous. And I think she was too young to marry a guy that was that old. And he had a disadvantage on her. I mean, a little bit on her side. I'm usually, I'm usually, you know, worried about things like that, especially if you have an affair. But I'm growing, I'm changing, I'm becoming less, uh, oh, what do you call it? Less uh, judgmental. So, good for Paulina. I'm happy for her. I think being really beautiful is probably hard and people do use you. Like, I have a little sympathy for people like that. So, yeah, I'm growing. I'm changing. It's amazing. I've got a funny one that was in um, the Sunday Styles section. It's about this wedding singer who finally becomes a bride. And she met this guy in college. And um, he was a rugby player. Okay, so the funny thing about this wedding is she's been singing at weddings since she was 11. A little redheaded kid used to sing. 
the arms of an angel broke everybody made him cry she's a she's wonderful she's beautiful the interesting story to me about this wedding is it's kind of like um, my big fat Greek wedding because his parents go to this wedding their son was a rugby player okay so that's who they are everyone is singing at this wedding everyone the bride uh, every single one of her bridesmaids the bridegrooms her son is involved in this theatrical life now because he's marrying this girl and they go to the wedding and everybody's on the dance floor and they keep grabbing these parents and making them go on the dance floor and making them sing <laughs> I would die I mean this would be like my nightmare and to make them like I loved in the big fat Greek wedding his parents who just sat there like in shock so these people so they go to this wedding and there's only one line this is like an entire three-quarters of a page about this wedding singer bride there is one little paragraph and it's called the groom's family okay so his parents they were delighted we're not musical it really was exciting and terrifying to be a part of this our friends were surprised that Maggie was so talented. So they had two friends with them. And these friends were forced out on the dance floor. They were forced to say things in, um, you know, when you sing and there's no music, that's what these people were doing for fun. So they weren't allowed to leave and they had to dance the entire night away. And the father said that his son gave him a Red Bull at about 10.30 and he was leaning up against the wall and just doing little things with his feet. <laughs> like you know I'm, I'm happy that they're happy but that's crazy so then there's this other thing and it's that everyone's fighting they're text fighting now they call it um, fexting and this is how people are fighting and they're all thumbs about it and I bet very often that spell check is making things ten times worse like love can be loathe um, hug can be hate it's just you got to be so careful and so that is the bad news on texting the good news on texting is that this this wonderful little guy got a text from his grandmother and the grandmother texted Thanksgiving dinner at 3 he was like my grandmother doesn't text so he sent back back something and said grandma send me a picture of yourself I can't believe this so the picture came back this boy is a little beautiful black boy and this very young in my estimation very beautiful skin grandmother she looks like she's 42 and gorgeous sends a picture back and he goes you ain't my grandma and so they start texting they decide to meet because it gets so funny and now that boy's whole family is coming to her house for Thanksgiving she's gonna have a table with 30 She's got this whole connection made by a crazy text. So then there's this other one, and this granddad was going to have a Sunday. This one makes me kind of sad. And he invited all of his grandchildren and children, and no one came. So he put out a little text to other people he knew and said, I've got seven pounds of ground beef. Anybody want a burger? 20 people showed up. They had a huge party and they wouldn't let any of the relatives in. And they've decided that they're gonna do it once a month for granddad. They all have a new grandfather now and they appreciate him and love him. And I just think that is great. 
Okay, so there's this article about uh, the darker days, you know, because there's no sun. And right now, it's weird. In Austin, we have no sun. And it's kind of cold and dank and awful. And I think I suffer from sun deprivation, but it's always sunny in, not Philadelphia, in Austin. So there are some tips, okay? One is eating dark chocolate, which is good. Another one is eating, say I can do eating. I can't exercise or get a good night's sleep, but I can eat. So you're supposed to eat fish, eggs, and spinach, which I can do in an omelet. And then B vitamins, which are Brussels sprouts, chickpeas, and green leafy vegetables, which I will not do because it'll cause me anxiety and not reduce my anxiety. Okay, they're getting all this stuff. This lady, Heidi Zimmer, a wellness expert in Bayfield, Wisconsin, which I've been to Wisconsin, it's beautiful, a lot of it. This is probably on a great lake. How hard is it to be happy, uh, Heidi? I don't know. Anyway, she's getting off all her tips from the Danes, okay? So I looked it up, and the Danes, the biggest problem in the country is depression. So I'm not sure this is really gonna work out. They've got a pretty high suicide rate, higher than America, which is kind of crazy. Now, Hungary has the worst, the second worst. South Korea has the absolute worst. But I'm not sure I really want to do what these Danes are doing because they want me to get freezing and jump in a hot sauna and then go out and roll in the snow. I don't think so. I don't see how this is going to help me, except I'll feel better when it's over and I get to go home. And they call it hygiene, this other thing. Now, this is good. They just create little cocoons where you turn your cell phone off and you start a fire. I wanted to do this when I had a fireplace and really enjoy it. Then there's light therapy, which is a lamp that delivers 10,000 lux, whatever that is, a measurement unit of how much light falls in a certain area. That sounds pretty uh, hot. And uh, I think it probably uses a lot of energy. I probably would, for using energy, prefer a fire. If I had a fireplace, I had fireplace regret. I had a fireplace, I never used it. I had two in my house on Redbud, and I never used them and I always wanted to. Now I regret that. Okay, now this is my feel good. I told you I was gonna do something that feels good. This is the feel good story of the week for me. It was um, in the Wall Street Journal on Monday, okay? November 14th. All right, the high school buddies in this town called Paw Paw, Michigan. I wonder if that's where Johnny Crawford from The Rifleman lives. My friend Debbie has a crush on that guy, always has her whole life. Latchkey kid, fell in love with him. But Paw, Paw, I have to tell her to go there and see if he's there. Anyway, that's just a sidebar. This story is about high school buddies, and they went to this um, Catholic school in Detroit, and they were all pretty successful. And um, they, they got back together when they all retired to create a, they called it Men for Others. And it was a group to help young men, you know, start businesses or stay in school or get their homework done. And so everything was going great. And they, they got involved with um, some community and, you know, politicians in the area to find out how and where to find these guys. A Supreme Court justice got involved I mean, in the little state of um, Michigan. Anyway, they were all involved in this. And um, it was going great. And everybody was doing great. And then all of a sudden, this one guy, 
He slips away from the group. His name is Mike, and he was the smartest guy in the group. And he was really nice, and he never married, but he had a life partner for 20 years. I don't like that Mike. I think, I hope you asked her to marry you every single year on the anniversary of, anniversary of the day you met. I don't like when guys live with someone for 20 years, but I'm willing to get past it. Because what happened was, during COVID, Mike got sick. Now, he never said a word. He just never came back to the meetings. So everybody thought, oh, people were dropping off during COVID and they just thought, oh, Mike's too busy, too bad he didn't say goodbye. Okay, so he had a, he had a heart attack. And then 10 weeks later, his partner died of COVID. They both got COVID, he got really sick and he was living in this condo that was in her name, which is kind of weird. And they were gonna kick him out of the condo. So what happened was, one of his friends just reached out and found out all of his problems because he didn't have any kids or anybody to talk to. So he reached out, found him, and finally said, Mike, I'm not getting off the phone till you tell me what the truth is. And he could hardly talk. So the guy goes, Mike, uh, something's wrong because you're not, you're slurring your words and I know you don't drink and not that much. And so anyway, he told him the truth. Now, this is the interesting thing. All these men got together. There were six of them, tight as can be. And some of them hadn't seen each other in 40 years because they just didn't go to class reunions. It was a boys' school. They just didn't care. But they formed this group. And this is the interesting thing about men. This is one nice thing I can say about men. Okay, so this is from uh, years of research. While women are often better at nurturing friendships over long periods of time, men are especially adept at picking up where they left off decades, late, decades later. That's what happened. Instead of working for that cause that was men for others, they all pulled together and worked for Mike. And they got Mike involved with a little child. They took his mind off things. They got him out of the condo. Four of them especially worked really hard packed him up, got him out of the condo. They said, Mike, where do you want to go? He said, you know what? My home, my parents' home, I still own it. They left it to me and it's in disrepair, but I really want to go back there. Mike didn't have any money. So all these guys got together with this pawpaw Michigan town. They got the people in the town involved, everyone in the town. The mayor put out a, you know, bat signal. Everybody showed up, plumbers, um, carpets were ripped out. Everything was made beautiful and reachable by wheelchair because that's the direction Mike's headed in so we could stay there forever. So three of the guys go and get him in Washington, D.C. from the condo, got the condo to give him an extra month to get out. And the people did do that, which is fine. And so they drove him out to Papa. Meanwhile, people are working day and night to get this house in order because it was falling apart. They get to Papa. There's like a little parade. They got Mike back. They get him in the house. These guys also got him a caregiver that comes every day. And he's also working with a kid. They're not, they're not making him feel like useless, which I think everyone needs to feel that they're helping. So he has a child that he's still helping and a little company that he's still helping to build. And he's got a phone that he can manage and a computer where he can see the screen. It's like, and the, the person that is with him 
taking care of him. It's two ladies, actually, one most of the time, the other half of the time, and they have children in school, and they're really smart. So they're helping Mike, you know, almost like a secretary, get the word out, get what he needs to get done, and stay healthy. And all these guys have promised that they will get together and and visit with him and talk to him. And so the men for others Zoom calls are still going. Mike's back. He's a big player. They give him time to talk. And the coolest thing that they did is when they drove him, it was New Jersey, not Washington, D.C., when they drove him from New Jersey to Papa, when he walked into the house, there was a big picture of, of Mike, and it was his high school yearbook picture hanging on the wall in a large frame. So it could be like he just went back home. I just think that is so sweet that these guys pulled together and brought this guy back to life. And they never leave him alone. Somebody calls him every day. And it's mostly questions about not how you're feeling, but how's Bill doing? How's the company doing? Little subjects he can talk about and feel smart about. I just think, God, that's the most beautiful story. So, and they're, they're nice guys. They look like really ordinary, just nice guys. So that's what happened. The guys said, oh, and this is the other thing. So Mike got depressed. One of the guys suffers from bipolar. So it's like when Mike needs to talk about feelings, this is the guy that shows up. When he needs to talk about business, this other guy shows up. And he gets all the information he needs to put back in his brain and his brain is still functioning. Little pieces are missing, but he is so smart. He was the smartest guy in the class. He just fills in those little gaps with his um, workmates, with the other guys on the men for others. And the men that are Mike's friends said, we called ourselves the men for others. For heaven's sake, of course we have to be there for Mike. But they were super there. They never drop the ball and they're not dropping the ball now. That's what I don't like when people are super there and then they disappear. There's nobody disappearing from Mike. This is how it's gonna be. So, and it's all men, no women, no wives, no nothing. Just these guys pulling it together and you know, they all can't function. They, they're a unit, they say. One guy's got feelings, one guy has smarts, one guy knows how to go to Home Depot and get something. One guy knows how to order food. It's like this little village of guys is everything Mike needs. And Mike is paying back too. He's helping some of the other guys on the other, you know, the, the other little companies that they're building. When a guy gets depressed, they end blue and saying, I can't build this company, it'll never work. Or they have trouble with their kids. They just start feeling sorry for themselves. They call Mike. And Mike is inspirational because he he is thrilled to be alive, thrilled to be of service, thrilled to give back. And, and he just, it's not shaming. He inspires all these young guys to live their lives. And he never had kids and he wanted them. So these guys with kids problems, he's real interested in their problems and he helps them. And he says, you're lucky to have these kids. You are so lucky. And all these people just feel better. So, it's a boys club, men for others, and it is a good one. 
So that story actually warmed the cockles of my heart, which are pretty cold. So um, just wanted to get that beautiful story out. And then the other one that warmed the cockles of my heart was the sad granddad who had all this hamburger meat. Nobody showed up and all these people showing up and saying that he's a great guy and they're going to show up again and they're going to bring sides and it's going to be a big party and there's not going to be a sad granddad in this town anymore. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. So anyway, I just wanted to, I'm fighting, fighting depression, don't like this cold weather, don't like no sun and I just got my car back yesterday but it's on life support. This little piece, if, to replace it is $1,400 on my car because there are no parts. So they put a little band-aid on it and I'm driving it so carefully and I'm saying all kinds of nice things to it. And I've got a little candle in the car. Just, you know, it smells good. I'm not lighting it. I've got this little potpourri that goes on the like air conditioner vent. And I've got a little pillow and I polished it a little bit. I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna love it into staying with me. So, but I'm scared to drive it. So I just got it back yesterday and I drove it right home. I didn't even stop to get chrysanthemums or anything. And today I'm gonna take it out, but I'm so scared, I'm gonna kill it. So every day is a blessing. Every day my car starts, every day it's in the garage is a blessing. But I wanted to put the top down because that's my thing and it's too cold. But you know what? You can't go there. You just have to be grateful that it's in the garage. And as of today, I've got this cardboard thing underneath it. And if I see a leak, I'm in so much trouble. I'm in so much trouble. I don't think I'm worth $1,400 for a, a clamp. I don't, I don't know. So I gotta, you know, I don't wanna have to think about that. So anyway, just, you know, no sad granddads today. And you know, the other story about guys, I feel sorry for guys because they don't really know how to make great friends and they don't really know how to get old and be alone. But there's two that fought back and that's kind of sweet. So I'm just gonna go to my garage and I'm gonna talk to my car and I'm gonna drive it really slowly, not go over any bumps because I think the clamp, they said it's disintegrating and the band-aid's underneath it. So I'm just gonna be so careful. You have a good day and I hope your car is running. I hope it's amazing. and. It'll help your sanity. So wish me luck and I will be back. Bye-bye.